The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources so um my real name is travis kelsey and i say kelsey because that's what my father says but everybody on my father's side says kelson um i go by both one's a real name one's a nickname to be honest i i, I don't care which one you call me man i just uh, i appreciate everybody's support and uh and i think it's just uh, it's absolutely hilarious that it got to this point um the video that everybody saw was me absolutely screwing up uh, tyler lewan's name and uh, Taylor Lewan's name, I just did it again. Oh man, uh, he's gonna love me for that one. Um, but yeah, so that was me trying to like make him feel better about you know me butchering his name. But um, yeah, you can call me either Kelsey or Kelsey. I'll, re- I'll respond to both. All right, welcome in. Welcome in another episode of Arrowhead Pride Presents Show and BK on the Chiefs. And uh, BK's in the building. Steve, look at Steve's got his arms out. Ooh, I like that, Steve. Man, you need to get a tattoo. Steve's got his arms out. Get you a tattoo or something. So when I you... want one. I want one. I've just never had the courage to get one. Oh, you. Oh, you're scared. Oh, that's okay. I don't know if I'm scared. I just have. I, it's more a fear of commitment than it is a fear of the actual tattoo. Mm, it's probably why I'm should, still single. I think you should. Ju- <laughs> yep. I think you should jump right in with a sleeve. Just full, full or half? I think he goes half. Half. Not all half. the way committed. Yeah, half. that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, not full. Full, Full's too much. Yeah, dude, there it is. Steve, BK's in the building. All right, we got to figure What the hell is Travis Kelsey doing? Uh, 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 why? Why? I, I I am refusing to ignore. I'm glad his brother came out and he came out and, and, and talked. Travis Kels? Is that what is that what he's going with? Kels? That is the silliest thing that I have ever heard in my life. I'm ignoring that. I don't believe him. I don't believe anyone in his family pronounces his kills. I don't know what he was doing with Tyler Lewan. Is that what he kept calling him? Tyler Lewan instead of Taylor? Tyler Lewan. But this Kelsey thing, first off, I can't believe it jumped off as much as it did. But why? Why would he? Why would he do that? It's just Travis Kelsey. Stop it. Now, now all of a sudden, everybody's been pronouncing his name wrong. He's bored. Like, that's all this is. This is classic. It's July 15th stuff. We've got nothing to talk about. Let's go ahead and mess with some people. I tweeted yesterday. The only thing I was wrong about was the timing on this. I said there's a 100% chance Kelsey says on the first day of training camp that this was all a joke and it was made up. Well, it didn't take that long. It took all of 24 hours for him to come out and basically say like, yeah, listen, my name's Kelsey, but 
yeah, there's some people in my family once upon a time that went by Kels, and I just wanted to go with that. That was my response to Taylor Luan, who he called Tyler as he was making fun of him. This is Travis Kelsey messing with people. Like That's all this is. There's nothing more or less to it. It was him being able to have a little bit of good-natured fun, and it became an explosive story in 24 hours in a way that I don't even think he expected. I don't no, think he, he thought he was getting this kind of reaction out of it. Could you imagine if that show was called Chasing Kills? Like I don't like, like I don't think I don't think I would think of him as good as a tight end if his last name was Kills. Wow. I, 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 no, I'm serious. Right now, as I think about it, right now, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with it. I think if his last name was Kills. I don't know if I would think of him as good of a receiver. It's something about the Kelsey part. The whole oh. thing. I mean, I'm being stupid. But I mean, I mean, he, that name fits. He, cer- he certainly doesn't get the TV show. We can say that for sure. No, I no, I the, the, oh. yeah, the Kels, the Kel just this is so stupid. You're right. I I cannot believe the part that did me in was everybody participating in it. He suckered Tyreek into it. He suckered Mahomes into it. I think they were in on it. I think they were in on it as well. I think they were all in on it trying to make this thing last as long as possible because they're all bored, man. It's been this offseason has been exhausting. We're all waiting for it to get to training camp. And I think they're feeling the same way right now. I think they're all just trying to mess with some people. Uh, did they did they let Garrett be a part of it? I wonder if Garrett <laughs> Dieter was a part <laughs> I better if GD12 was a part of it. Like he. He's probably sitting there. What is it? Is it is it Kelsey or is it Kels? Uh, see, I think he's he's the bad guy for everybody. So he's already in the know. He knew it. He was the guy. He was the guy saying when Patrick was saying, "Oh, I, I this is news to me. I've never heard this." GD twelve was in the background saying, "I knew it. I've been calling. I've been calling him the right name the entire time." Yeah, I, I don't think that Garrick Dieter is on the end for real. I think Garrick thinks he is, but I think they all hide stuff and plant stuff to him. <laughs> and no. to make it think no, he's not cool enough to be on the end. He, I'm sorry. It's not that it's not about how cool he is. It is. It's the fact that he'll be there at the drop of a dime. He will do anything any of those guys ask for him. So he's got a little bit more information than you're probably comfortable no, with Garrick having. That's that's a sucker friend. That's a sucker friend that like he'll be there anytime you want, but he he's not clearly on the inside. Do he's you guys know one- how much Garrick Dieter has made in his career? Million dollars. No, he's got more than that. Two point five. I'm stunned by this number. I thought for sure it was higher than this. I would have taken around where Ron said. $838,000. He's played football for like four years. That's yeah. not, what's the minimum? But he's a practice squad player. He's never yeah. on the active well, roster, so he's not getting this minimum like 500 k no. a year. There was some time he was on the active roster. He was in the playoff game. He made a hundred, let's see here, $140,000 in 2019. There are doctors in Kansas City that made significantly more than, than Garrett Teeter in 2019. <laughs> I, I work with people who I know made more. Than, I mean, there might that's, be a person on this show that made more than Garrett yeah. Teeter did that year. Are he's, you kidding me? He's got an incredible life. Did you say well, on this show? I'm just saying, you said 140? Yeah. Damn, Ron. It's not me. <laughs> it ain't that me. Be, that could be approaching. 
There could be approaching that. that I didn't I, even I, make the 40 part of that. That's not true. I, that can't be true. Oh, oh, but it is, buddy. One four. I'm talking about Garrick. I'm not going to put you together. <laughs> the Garrick Dieter made. He was on a playoff game. He had to get a bonus. How, Terrence Gore has made $3 million. And Terrence Gore would do nothing but stealing bases and coming up at the end of seasons. I mean, he made $875,000 over the last four years by being friends with has a quarterback. He, so say, it's, made, it's a good gig. Because obvi- obviously he is on Pat's payroll. He's probably made more from Pat. Like, I think Pat well, Pat holds him down for about 50 Gs a year. GD12 is also... doing miscellaneous things. He's also exceptional at saving money. Because how do you know this? Whenever they go out, it's the oh, Pat's got it. Or oh, hey, hey, Garrett, go go get us drinks. Just put it on my tab. Get my I got no, my card or whatever. Like he's that. not he's not picking up tabs anywhere. He's the he's the guy that's putting it on Mahomes or Kelsey's tab, and they're cool with it because he's the bag dude. See, but I think he's like an intern that or a rookie that has to go and get like breakfast a lot. Like I By think the way, he, he makes the Starbucks stop. Ron, I've got bad news for you. Garrick Dieter has made almost the exact same amount of money as Terrence Gore. Really? <laughs> Are they including the bonuses from Terrence Gore? Career earnings, Terrence Gore, $865,000. That's a He made $97,000 in 2015. He neither won one, a World Series and got $97,000. Neither one of those two. Neither one of those two. He was, he was pretty important. Neither one... <laughs> Neither one of those two never saw that coming, and that's a blessing from God that both of them made that. I, that's it. One thing before we get to too far along, going with Kelsey, the one thing that ticked me off earlier this week, and I don't know why I let it tick me off. Who is this? Is this ESPN doing these lists? Mm-hmm. Is that where we are? These stupid ass lists. They're doing this list, and they did the tight end list, and this is like, you know, who's the best hockey player? We know that Gretzky's at the top. But now who's who's coming behind him? And for some reason, they put Mark Messier above Gretzky in this list. And they've got Greg Kittle ahead of Travis Kelsey. He's, I think that man's list. name is George. Greg, I don't, it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. All right, George. Mama called no, him hang George. On, hang on, hang on, hang George. on. Yeah, it, it does matter. It does matter. Put more respect on that man's <laughs> that, name. He had, right. he had this single-season receiving yardage record until last year when Travis Kelsey broke it. That's right. That's that's disrespectful. I wouldn't want anyone call me Roy the Ho Hughley. So that you're right. That that is that is disrespectful. So George, well, that's how upset they made me though. I don't care if I call him Greg or Gene or whatever. But George Kittle, it's come on now. How many? Nah, I mean, if he Travis, was Gene, he wouldn't have been in the top five. No, no chance. But, but, but what else does Travis Kelsey have to do to show that he is? I mean, he is clearly to me, clearly the best tight end in football. His year last year was one of the best we've ever seen 1,400 yards, 105 catches, 11 touchdowns. I mean, didn't Kittle get hurt? He missed almost all the year. Doesn't that have something to do for it? What, what is he? And I, BK, you know it. What is it, Travis? Is he in five consecutive thousand yard seasons? Yeah, I mean, he's he's literally, in terms of statistical stuff, he's going to go down as one of, if not the best, statistically speaking, tight ends in the history of the game. I mean, the, we're going to have conversations when all is said and done on who was the better tight end for the Chiefs, Tony Gonzalez or Travis Kelsey. And if we're having that conversation, what you're really saying is, does Travis Kelsey belong in the conversation of the best tight end in the history oh, of the I, game? I, oh, I'm past it. I, I think he's past Tony for me. 
I, 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 I'm over. I'm, I'm like I love Tony, right? Uh, Tony's he's an all-timer, first time, first battle Hall of Famer. But as a chief, I, I think the best chief uh, tied in in, in in the history of the the organization is '87. I think the tough part is comparing what would Tony G have done with this offense, with Andy Reid, with Patrick Mahomes, with previously Alex Smith. What would he have been? What would he have done in that scenario? And it's just so hard to know. But I think there's a solid argument in favor of Travis Kelsey. I think Kelsey, they're just Those so the breaks, different. Though. Those are the breaks, though. I mean, That's fair. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I, I like. I wonder what some other receivers would do if they had Bill Walsh, who was absolutely ahead of his time, and Joe Montana and Steve Young on their team, and that new West Coast offense that people didn't know what to do with. I mean, and Jerry Rice is, you know, the greatest. And but a part of it does have to do with his situation, right? Like, I wonder if Randy Randy Moss was in those was in those situations year in and year out if he had just stayed, you know, where he was in Minnesota for year in and year out. But those are the breaks. Like we're doing it. I think this is this is maybe why Kittle gets it is some of the, well, oh, he's played with Jimmy Garoppolo. And maybe that's a part of it. But uh, I'm sorry. That that just is how it happens sometimes. Right? Like, remember the breaks. That's where he went to. Like, I mean, let's not act like he wasn't putting up numbers with Alex. No, he, I mean, he for sure was. And, and Tony, that's the other thing is like, if you look at the era too, Tony put up numbers for that era that were almost un, ungodly compared to the other guys that you were comparing him to. Um, the, the issue for Tony was always touchdowns. And that was for a number of years with Kelsey, the same thing. He, he didn't have the touchdown numbers that's changed over the last three years where he's had two out of the three years, double digit touchdown receptions. I think there's a solid argument. I do think you're going to have to wait a little longer. Like I'm not ready to coin him as the best one in Chiefs history yet. That's okay. I just think you can be. I think you got to. I think you got. That's fair. Uh, just like you with uh, Justin Herbert. I think you got to do it for more than seven years before I can. I can put you down there above Tony Gonzalez, but he's on his way. I mean, if he does this for another two years, probably he'll he'll be the best Chiefs tight end ever, and arguably one of if not the greatest tight ends in the history of the sport and so to, to put him second on this list is, is crazy to, to be clear he, he sh- he's the best tight end in the league right now when we're arguing about tight ends like it's the argument for Gronk being the greatest tight end and, and the argument with Gronk is well in his prime he was unstoppable he scored touchdowns at a rate that no other tight end ever has in NFL history Tony Gonzalez in his time, Antonio Gates was like the only other guy you could really argue that maybe was better than Tony, but he wasn't because Tony was just so much physically, so much more physically gifted than everybody else. Was and that's kind of how was Gronk Shannon, was. was. Was Shannon Sharp ever in his prime? A, a little Tony? before. They, they yeah. crossed a little bit, but so, it was kind of the, the back end of Shannon. I, I think Shannon is a little bit more comparable to Kelsey. Like, whereas Gronk was so much more physically dominant than everybody else, Shannon, it was always the athleticism. Like, Shannon Shannon was the, was one of the first guys that they were like, this is kind of a wide receiver out there playing tight end because he's just, it doesn't make sense that he's so fast, he's so athletic. Kelsey is a wide receiver. He He runs wide receiver routes. He is a wide receiver playing tight end, and he's the greatest to ever do it that way, in that way. 
to where he's literally running a wide receiver route tree. He can do everything and you can't do anything about it. He's also 260 pounds and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I, but I but I the, the two things that I think that now all of a sudden he's getting punished for. And once again, I will say it uh, one more time. Let's not act like he wasn't putting up big time numbers with Alex Smith, who has a different version of open than any other elite quarterback I've ever seen in my entire life. So he was putting up numbers with weaker quarterbacks. So he gets hit because of the coach and the system. Okay, well, all right. Let, let's see who Rob would. Let's see what Rob would look like if he wasn't playing. If Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, if he wasn't playing with the greatest quarterback of all time. And the other part, and I think this is why he is second on this list, and it really, really irritates me, is people are going to act like. George Kittle's blocking ability somehow overshadows or is enough to push him over how big a playmaker Travis Kelsey is. You can take the blocking, shine it up, as The Rock would say, and shove it somewhere because that, is, that ain't it. That ain't it. Like, he's a, he's a better blocker than Kelsey. First off, Kelsey isn't pathetic, right? He's not, he's not awful. He's a better blocker. But that blocking does not overshoot the big play ability of Travis Kelsey to be able to be anybody in any type of coverage. Yeah, the, the Gronk argument is basically the Terrell Davis argument, right? It, it's the the peak years were so incredibly high that it makes up for the lack of longevity. And I'm with you on Kelsey versus Gronk. It really becomes a what do you value in your tight end? And I think if you asked coaches around the league, the vast majority of them would say, give me the guy that is the better receiver. And the better receiver out of the two is Travis Kelsey. He just makes your offense more versatile because you can't cover him with a linebacker. You can't cover him with a safety. The corners are going to be too small. There's just there's like three dudes that match up even reasonably well against Travis Kelsey. And that doesn't mean they're shutting him down. But like Derwin James can keep up with him. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the change of direction. He can stay healthy. with him a little bit. Yeah, when he's healthy. And Jalen Ramsey is a guy that can stay with him, but now you're taking him away from an outside receiver. And that's what he makes you do. He makes you make decisions that almost nobody else does. George Kittle, you know where he's going to line up more often than not. Most of the time, he's going to be in line. And that's part of the value, sure, is that he can be in line. But I don't need to put Kelsey in line. He's a slot receiver who happens to be 6'5 and whatever, 260. Like, it's it's just a totally different matchup nightmare, in my opinion, that you get with Travis Kelsey. So I would have him number one right now. George Kittle might come for that throne at some point, but he's not there right now. Not in my mind. I'm sorry. You can't come off a, a season where you're injured like you were and missed a ton of games. And then the other guy have one of the three best seasons we've ever seen from the tight end position. And you just get your spot. No, no, that 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 doesn't work. For me, see, they've continued these lists and they've continued to do it. They had the tight end list earlier in the week. They had the wide receiver list and this list. I'm not I, I'm not going to say that that Tyreek Hill should be number one on the list. I don't even know where he is. BK, give me the top 10. I don't even know where he is on this list. I would assume he's not number one because I think they vote um, all all. Everything you could do as a receiver. But where is yeah. he on this list? So number one on this list is Devontae Adams. I think that's a fair place to put him. Um, Adams had an unbelievable season last year. He was dominant in the red zone. Having him at number one, I do think is fair. That's where I think the discussion gets a little more interesting. 
Number two is DeAndre Hopkins, according to this list. Stephon Diggs is at number three. Tyreek Hill at number four. I'll continue from there real quick. Number five, Julio Jones. Number six in the division, Keenan Allen. Number seven, I was a little surprised that this guy's this high. Mike Evans from the Buccaneers. Number eight was Michael Thomas after his down year with all of the injuries. So it didn't hurt with uh, George Kittle. It did hurt for Michael Thomas. He was number two on the list last year. DK Metcalf came in at number nine. And then finishing out the top 10 was A.J. Brown. So at number four on the top 10 receivers in the league was Tyreek Hill. Yeah, um, there's there's a couple of gripes I would have with that. Uh, I, I would never have, I, at this point of their careers, I'm not putting DeAndre Hopkins, and he's a great one, a, a potentially first ballot, no, potential. A first ballot, no, I guess Terrell, Terrell Owens had to wait four times. So maybe, I don't know, a, a, a Hall of Famer at some point DeAndre Hopkins is, but entering his year 28, no, I, I don't, I don't, I can't put him over him. Um, and for me, I don't know if Tyreek is the best receiver in the game, but I will say this. There's not another receiver that I would pick ahead of him. Like, if you gave me a choice, if you said, hey, show your GM, you get to pick any damn receiver you want to in the game, who you get, who you picking first? And it's not Devontae Adams. I like him. It's, it's Tyreek Hill. That, that's who I'm going with. And in well. fact, I – what are you what are you doing steve i mean if we're talking about like fantasy football right now yes tyreek hill would be my number one wide receiver but if we're talking like dynasty fantasy football it'd be aj brown for me i'm talking about the football season i'm not talking about a damn fantasy sitting over there shaking your head aj brown's such a baller though he's so good can we have a serious conversation please idiot no, uh, but if I'm taking, like, I take it a step further. I'm serious, BK, because sort of somewhere else. If I, if you tell me to pick any offensive player that's not a quarterback over any running back, Kelsey would be someone I would look at. But any running back, receiver, tight end, offensive lineman, the number one person that I would pick is Tyreek Hill. He may not be the best route runner. He may not be the he may not be the biggest the person that can go up and just but his speed and his ability scares the crap out of defensive coordinators in a way that no one else does in a way that I have not seen since Randy Moss he can never be covered one on one there always has to be help with him you can I don't care if it's Ramsey I don't care who it is you got to help him and not to mention what he could do in special teams if you give him a shot there. He can affect the entire game. He makes your running game better because you just can't have two you can't have safeties in the box because somebody's got to be back there. He makes receivers better on the other side. It's one of the reasons why I think McCole Harden Hardman can have a better season and other guys can have better seasons. He helps Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey is in single coverage a lot more than he would be on any other team. I don't know if he's the best. I, in fact, I would say that Diggs and Adams are much better route runners than him. But nobody affects the game and affects defenses more than Tyreek Hill, in my opinion. Yeah, if we're just talking offense, guys, that you would take among the non-quarterbacks, I, I think he would be number one for me. I It's funny because I think the next 
pick would be Travis Kelsey, probably. Probably might be, yeah. I, I think you can make a strong argument that the next two non-quarterbacks on the offensive side of the ball would be Kelsey and Tyreek. I would have Devontae Adams in that category as well. I just wouldn't value having an elite left tackle the same way that I would an elite pass catcher. I think those guys make a bigger difference in terms of the difference between the elite guys and the average guys. Um, if we're opening it up to the entire league, non-quarterbacks, the only other guy that I would for sure have above him would probably be Aaron Donald, just because he's a game wrecker in a way that I'm not sure anybody else is. Like The gap between Aaron Donald and the next best guy, who very well may be Chris Jones at his position, it's probably the widest of any position in terms of the best guy to the second best guy. He's just, he's out of this world. So I'd probably put him up there, but to get back to your point on Tyreek Hill, like he just allows you to do so many things. I mean, he, he was, he made Alex Smith into one of the better deep ball throwers into the NFL. Like, let it. that sink into for a second. That, that was the moment where I thought Randy Moss level, like that's how he affects because that was the thing. Alex, I watched Alex play the Denver Broncos on the Monday night game, and he didn't throw a pass more than five yards. More than five yards. That was Alex. Alex, did he, did he, he led the league in, in Eight yards. completions over 40 yards. I just wanted to jump in here to make sure we're all on the same page in case you don't know what air yards are. Air yards represent the total throw depth, and the completed air yards represent total passing yards. Minus yards after the catch. The higher the percentage of the completed air yards to total yards, the less a quarterback is being helped by his receivers gaining yards after the catch. Just wanted to make sure we were all clear on that. Because of him. He made Alex Smith a down-the-field thrower. That's when I threw my hands up to Tyreek, like, this dude is something else. He, he's like, he is an expl- explosive passing game in and of himself. Like forgetting all of the scheming stuff that Andy Reid does for him. And he does a great job of finding ways to manufacture touches for Tyreek Hill. Like even if he didn't have Andy Reid, he was with some random team. He was with Brian Schottenheimer, right? In Seattle or whatever. He'd still be an elite level receiver because of his speed. He has speed unlike anything I think I've ever seen in my time watching the NFL. And it's more so than the speed. It's the quickness. He gets from zero to his top speed, his acceleration is faster than any other player in the league, and it's not close. And that's what's so scary as a defensive back. You see the cushions that these guys give him. It's not just because of his top end speed. It's the way that he's able to get up there, man. You you don't know. Is he running a hitch here? Is he running a hitch and go? Is he running an in-breaking route? And his lethal play is that slant, that quick slant, where he takes two steps to his right, basically, jab step, and then comes back inside. There is nothing you can do as a defensive back to stop that. He's getting 8, 10, 12 yards. And then if he gets into the open field, good luck. Like, it's over. I remember that one of the plays that I'll always remember from him was um, the the opening week against the Chargers, Chargers a couple of years ago. And he goes on that slant. It's just gone. Like, it's just over before it ever really began. And that's the type of unique skill set he brings to the table. So I'm with you, man. He, he for me if we're being conservative would be my number two receiver on this list. And if you want to put him at number one, and I think he will be there after this season, I totally get it. I just think the injuries from last year were the one thing that would hold him back a little bit. You mentioned that play against the chargers. He also did that uh, the previous season against the Cowboys, like at the end of the half where he just ran through, he just ran past like six Dallas Cowboys, like, and it made no sense. It was like it was. It wound up being a long completion 
where there was plenty of guys who could have made the tackle and he just ran straight past them. It's he doesn't make sense because we've seen a lot of guys over the years who are deep threats. Like Deshaun Jackson is a guy that really comes to mind. He's had a very long, successful NFL career just being a streaker. And like he, he genuinely is a Randy Moss caliber of player where like when Randy was playing in his prime, you were just like, that guy's faster than everybody else. That guy's taller than everybody else. That guy can jump over everybody else. Tyreek's just not tall. Like he's yeah, Ty, he has a Randy effect. Ty, 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 Randy yeah, effect. but Tyreek's out here walking around like my height and doing impossible things, and he's not slowing down. Like he's on a trajectory to have like a Hall of Fame caliber career, but I feel like he constantly gets underestimated for how incredible he is because he's five nine or five ten or however tall he is. It, so he, it's ridiculous. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have the height that Randy does, but the the thing that gets me. Is is you ever watch defenses when he like motions to the backfield and how the old oh shoot oh oh shoot oh shoot everybody's moving around like where the where do we go where do, like I've watched linebackers just take off to the sideline as the ball is snapped just because he's back there and and just and he will have nothing to do with the play but just him motioning as an outside receiver to the backfield just sends people into absolute fear and panic and that is just that's something that that is just you just don't see around the league and I don't know if he's if he's better and I'd say you ask me all around receiver everything that entails a receiver I'd say Devontae Adams is ahead of him maybe I even be sold on digs but there ain't nobody who is more valuable or or affects defenses more than Tyreek Hill He's Antonio Brown. Like if you're looking for the comp, Antonio Brown at his peak, I think people forget just how good he was because of how weird he is off of the field, and I get that completely. But Antonio Brown was a machine, man. He was getting 100-plus receptions every single year. He had one, two, three, four, five, six straight years of 1,200 or more yards. Every year had at least eight touchdowns. He was unbelievable. And Tyreek is a better deep threat than a B was, but in terms of being automatic, especially on that, like third and six, got to have it type of a play. That's exactly what he is. Antonio Brown, if not for the off field stuff would have been an automatic hall of famer. And I guess you can put kind of some of those same disclaimers here with Tyreek Hill. He's on path right now, as, as Serta just said, to become a hall of fame caliber receiver. Both of those two Brown and Hill uh, Brown should be a, a first ballot hall of famer in my opinion, for what he's done. He had a five-year stretch at the receiver position that at moments was better than Rice. So he should he should, he should, should be in as well. Oh, Julio Jones coming in at number five, uh, the guy that you wanted, the guy that you wanted. And something interesting has happened. I don't like to toot my own horn, um, but, but something interesting has happened. So Julio Jones, the guy you wanted the Chiefs to look at because you you just needed to bolster this offense even more. Um, he went, and one of the things he went to the Titans, and one of the things I said was, all right, I understand how fun it would look like to have Julio on this offense. But the exciting part about, me, about it for me was if you can make a Julio happen, then that means you can make – someone at a position you actually need help on better. 
you could you could make that happen. You could make that happen. You got the resource to make that happen. And well, why don't you look? Cornerback is a position of help that could improve for the Chiefs. And Xavier Howard, who I believe led the league in interceptions last year, one of the best young cornerbacks in football, and just really one of the best cornerbacks in football, an outside cornerback is potentially going to be available with the Miami Dolphins. And when I see that, that's why I was saying to you, hold your horses. If you can make somebody like that work. You remember I threw out the name Bradley Roby. Well, this is even better than that. If you could, like, if it, they should seriously take a look at that. If, 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 if Xavier Howard is available, that right there with what the Chiefs their expectation is or what their goal is is to win a Super Bowl. If they could have made Julio work, they need to look at this and try to make this thing work. I well, I love that's a perfect fit, a perfect matchup for the Chiefs. Xavier Howard's really good. He would make the Chiefs significantly better. The problem is right now he's unhappy in Miami, not because like Miami's a bad team or anything like that. He's in a bad situation. He's in a great situation. He just wants more money. And as much as he wants out, it's going to be a really tough decision for the Dolphins to decide to trade him because if they have him on the roster this year, they pay him $13.5 million. If they don't have him on the roster this year, he accounts for $16.2 million against their cap. That's a lot of money, Ron. Um, That's just a... That's going to be a tight thing for them to be able to make work trade-wise. That being said... If you were to be traded, if they were able to make it work on their cap sheet, he makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs in a vacuum. Are you going to be willing to pay him what he's going to be worth, though? Because he's going to be looking for Marlon Humphrey type of money, which is five years and $97 million right under that $20 million salary that Jalen Ramsey's getting. Are you willing to do that for a corner? Are you willing to pay another defensive player $20 million per year and this is one of the reasons why I was so invested and so interested in getting Julio Jones on the Chiefs. Jones on the Chiefs, it's because he makes fifteen point three million dollars this year. And then, if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, you can walk away from it scot free. You can't do that with Xavier Howard. If you trade for him and then re-sign him, he's going to be on the Chiefs for at least the next four years. This is going to be a Frank Clark type of a deal. You're giving up a first round pick plus to be able to go get that guy, and for the right to go pay him as well. Now, listen, I, I think everything that you're saying there makes really good sense. And it's a really, really a much better argument that I have about Xavier and Howard. I will admit that. All right, that, that makes a lot of sense. And when you say it, it does give you the point to think that the Chiefs won't do it, that the Chiefs won't give up picks and pay. Now, my thought is if you get Frank's ass up out of here, after a year and maybe in some way you're able to play with that contract to give you some relief. Um, and, and that is something that you could, you could think through, but I just, maybe Xavier Howard isn't the exact perfect fit in terms of, he is on the field, but perfect fit in terms of the money and what you'd have to give up. But that that vein continue to look in that direction of trying to improve th- that that position. Now, if you can make it work, listen, Brett Veach is a wizard. 
uh, right, Brett Veach and, and Andy and all of them and his team, they've been a wizard to be able to convince people to do things and to take to take uh, restructures of their contract to be able to make everyone fit. I, I'd, I'd like to see them looking at to see if they can do that. But for what it's worth, Ron, just on that part, they can make it work. If the Chiefs wanted to make this deal and they wanted to re-sign Xavier, uh, Xavier and Howard, they could do it. It's just a matter of what that would mean for you in the future. Like, If you're getting Howard, you're giving up somewhere else. You you have to give to get. And so maybe that is as simple as they were already going to, after this season, decide to cut Frank Clark. And now this just makes it that much easier. And it's one for one, basically, on the salary sheet. You you could make that work. It just means that you have to give up somebody else. By the way, to clarify one thing, I, I misstated something. I, I was looking at the contract wrong. Uh, Xavier Howard can be traded pretty easily. It's the cutting part that would be a problem for them. So if the the Dolphins did want to trade him, they could make it work money wise. Yeah, I, yeah, he just he's such a fit, and that's just more important than than to me a receiver uh, in terms of what the Chiefs actually need because that that to me is I still think they can win when you have Mahomes and Andy and that offense. I I still think they can win. They won a Super Bowl with Rashad Breeland. And, and the rest of crew and Charverius Ward and Fenton as your third corner at times. They won a Super Bowl like that. Uh, but to really feel good, I, I feel like that is a a position that, that can help. And maybe the money and fit I – I just think it's, the, I think it's the picks. What would that have to be? How would that have to be? Because you've already given up picks. We know you're going to re-sign Orlando Brown. I mean, we know that's going to happen. We know there's going to be money allocated there. You wouldn't have given up what you gave up to get him, and plus you need a left tackle to protect your quarterback. But that position there, that cornerback position, it is hard. I just I just want them to, to look at it to see if it's doable because if it's doable, I, the, the league has shown you can get up, you can get up under, out of contracts that I didn't think you could get out of. I still didn't know that you could get out of Eric Berry as well as they were able to get out of. So contracts, mm-hmm. contracts, these guys, if they can make it work, if they can pull something off, uh, I, I would at least hope they would look at that because he would change uh, the way that team is, that defense looks. Uh, I, I mean, they were still paying Eric Berry for like a couple years after, after they cut him. Um, but the reason why it doesn't necessarily make sense for me, and I, I think Davian Howard is an exceptional player. I think he's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. And the Dolphins screwed up by making him the highest paid corner and then immediately giving Byron Jones a bigger contract, which is why he wants more money now. Uh, But that's just the way the market went. Uh, It it just goes against what the Chiefs have done so far under Brett Veach and the way that they've made it work. I think that they legitimately believe that LeJarrius Sneed can be a star player. And so I think that they're banking on that. Now, if that doesn't work out, yes, you're in trouble, but even letting Frank Clark go, you've got Tyreek Hill needs more money. Chris Jones is going to get more expensive. Patrick Mahomes' affordable contract only gets more expensive. And, you know, you can, you can, you can move money around like the Patriots did for Brady and forever. And, you know, it seems like Patrick Mahomes is totally down to do that. And maybe Travis Kelsey's fine with being underpaid for his entire career. I just don't see them spending one moving assets, which they've already done a lot of anyways, and and don't really have a ton of to begin with to capitalize on this particular window. 
because I don't know that he helps you right now. Yes, he helps you right now in the immediate future, but for the long-term plan, like, you're going to pay him, you're going to pay Orlando Brown, you're going to lose other guys by paying those guys, and they've succeeded without paying cornerbacks so far. The other thing is I don't think that their defensive coordinator values corner. Like, I, I just think Steve Spagnolo, his history is as a defensive backs coach, and I think he believes he can make his defense work despite what he has at corner. I think he values what guys can do in the middle of the field. He values defensive line. He values safeties that can cover. He values the versatile piece like Tyron Matthew. What evidence at any point in his history has he shown us that he values in any sort of significant way cornerbacks? Because when he was the defensive co- or that yeah, the defense coordinator for the Giants in the first time around, we can all name a bunch of defenders on that team. They didn't have great corners. Like when he went to the Rams, not like he valued corner all that highly. He had Janoris Jenkins, but other than that, it wasn't like they had a bunch of dudes out there. I just don't think he values the position. And I think that's something that we sometimes lose sight of because we value it. I think Steve Spagnolo believes in his ability to get the most out of those guys. And so he doesn't value it the same way that we do. Yeah, I, th- I think you guys ultimately very, may very well be right that the Chiefs actually won't take a look at this uh, it, it, and actually pull the trigger on a move like that with a lot of the points you made. I, I just I just think you got to look at it. I think you got to at least take a look at it and see what it works. I know he doesn't value it or he hasn't shown to really value it. I can't think of what, what was happening when he was with the Eagles and working in uh, and, and those times there. But uh, I, I just I know he's a good coach. And I know he could find a way to make it work if he had or to figure out a way he could use a corner uh, of the talents of Xavion Howard. I feel like he could find a way to use that if he were given that. But but overall, I, 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 this hasn't been their their track record of, of going at that position and continue to trade more assets like they have. So you guys are probably right. I just hope they take a look at this and, and, and just see what they could do potentially somewhere down the line that position gets gets maybe looked at. I still would rather have Julio Jones at his price than Xavier Howard at his. Yeah, I, 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 of I, course, I, without a doubt. Yeah, I wouldn't. Xavier Howard, uh, it, to me, I don't care what Steve values. Uh, Spagnola, to me, uh, that that would change. You roll your eyes at me like that one more time, Steve, <laughs> and I'm going to take you out. What's he going to be, Darrell Revis? Yeah, right. Last season was the best season of his career. Let me let me put it a different way. I think the upgrade that the Chiefs would get at number two wide receiver to Julio Jones would be more significant than the upgrade that they would get at number two cornerback to Xavier Howard. And that's not to belittle what Xavier Howard is. He's a tremendous football player. I just that that is how I value their receivers right now compared to their corners. Well, yeah, I think they would get a number one corner. I think that's like to be. I don't. I don't. I think they would then finally have a number one type corner. And they now got you're one. T- you just don't believe. Yeah, yeah he's an imposter right yeah, now. Yeah, you think he's an imposter? Well, yeah, I do. As he is right now. Speaking of that, the game that's sweeping the nation, certified or imposter, this <laughs> week I didn't know where I was going to go. I really didn't until my man, my guy, Mister Oakley's, Mister Coors Light. Mr. Adidas, Pat Mahomes himself, came out and let us all know 
exactly how he feels about Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. And he said it himself in so many words that they are how I believe imposters. What did he say? I'll see it when I believe it. Actually, I believe he said I believe it when I see it. But he was a little he had a little he had a couple of pops in it, I believe. But he said, I'll see it when I believe it, because he believes that the Chargers and Justin Herbert are imposters. It is clear. I don't care what statement he made afterwards. He does not respect Justin Herbert. He does it. And I'm fine with it. And I'm here for it, Pat. Oh, no. When you were a little when you had a few drinks. And you told the truth and you was calm, you was calm and comfortable at that at that golf tournament. That was the real. That was the real. Not this. Oh, I totally respect Justin Herbert. No, he believes it. Imposter this week. Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Thanks, Pat. How did you feel about the Cleveland Browns after their 2019 season? Lovely. Like they're the second best team in the AFC. Oh God! Not, not after last year, after 2019, when Freddie Kitchens had just been their head coach and they went six and ten. Yeah, I bad, was, bad. I, I felt I bad. Was a, I thought it was a talented, talented team um, with some with some parts that didn't seem to work together. How'd you feel about them after last year? Uh, they're coming, a, right? Took great steps. Yeah. It's, took great. Steps. Like they're going to be in the AFC title game against the Chiefs. Yeah, good football team. We're going to feel the same way about the Chargers after this year. The Chargers are about to take the step this year that the Browns took last year. Um, The Browns last year, what they did is they built in the smart way. They had devalued their offensive line. They had not put enough emphasis in getting the right coach into place. And they had a great pass rush to go along with a revamped defensive backfield. I just basically described the L.A. Chargers of 2021. And the biggest difference, the Chargers have a quarterback. Like the, the Browns have Baker, who's fine. I think he's a, a really good game manager. And I don't say that to belittle him. I, th- I think that's kind of what he is. I think he's a really good game manager. He's Kirk Cousins at best. Yeah, ma- maybe a little better. I think you could get a little bit more out of him because I don't think he has the same issues with turnovers that uh, Cousins has. But Justin Herbert can make plays. And that's the big difference is the reason why in the future, I think the Chargers have more ability to be a legit like threat to the Chiefs. And when I say that, I don't mean like they're going to take them down, but a team that you actually enjoy going up against year by year is because they've got the quarterback right. They've got the right quarterback in place, and I think they got the right coach in place this year with Brandon Staley. So I look at them this year the way I looked at the Browns going into last season. I don't think they're a Super Bowl threat but they're absolutely a team that could win 10, maybe 11 games. I'm with Pat. I believe it when I see it. Listen, they are a talented team. They really are. Uh, defensively, they're two best players to me. I, I, there's a countdown. Uh, they're going to get injured. Uh, that's, I mean, just if I go by evidence of what I've seen before, Derwin James, who is, I think, very, very talented. I just feel like I haven't seen him play in two years. Yep. Like, when does he get hurt? Joey Bosa always has a leg injury of some sorts. Um, and, and so we'll see. With those two guys, if you get 17 weeks out of those guys, you got something potentially because those are, are game-changing guys. We'll see how they are health-wise. Um, I, I, I want to – one, I want to see how he goes now in a new system with a new offensive coach leaving the staff that he had. Um, and then Herbert. also – yeah, Herbert. I, I want to see that, see how he adapts to that. And then second for me, man, I, I don't view him like Mahomes or 
or Rodgers. Like when we first saw those guys, it was a feel of, yeah, yeah, I don't need to see another year from those guys. I don't need to see the league adjust to their talent because I've seen enough to believe those guys uh, those guys are still going to be able to be dominant like they were or really good like they are. For me, I don't get that feel from Justin Herbert. Like to me, like just like I said last year, I said, man, I think Lamar is going to take a step back. When Lamar in the league has now 20-plus game tape of film on him, they're going to change up the way that they defend him. And, and, and I don't think he's going to have it as easy as he did in his MVP season. And he took a step back. I feel that way about Herbert, too. I I, I want to see how the league adjusts to him and how they start attacking him and how defenses attack him this year after seeing him last year. That That's the feel. I, I, I need to see it again. I'm just not completely sold after a very a much better year than I thought he was. Like, to me, I, I thought he was going to be the one that would struggle coming out of college. But, I mean, he looked so much better than Tua and I think even Burrow, obviously. But I, I want to see another year. I think people might hear this and they're going to be like, "Really? Re- what?" No. I think he's Andrew Luck. Like I, I don't, I don't think he has the same kind of, I, I don't know actually, mental capacity as Andrew Luck. I think Andrew Luck's one of the brightest quarterbacks we've seen in the last twenty years. But in terms of their skill set, their size, their speed, all of that stuff. I think he's basically Andrew Luck. And if you look at what he did in terms of the overall success that he had as a rookie, he actually had a better rookie year than Andrew Luck had with the Colts. And the issue was the same as what Andrew Luck had with the Colts. Neither of them had an offensive line. Now, the weapons were a little better, certainly, for what Justin Herbert was working with last year than what Luck had to work with. But I I think that's what he is. And Luck went 11-5 and each of his first three seasons, despite what was around him. I think that's what we're about to see from Justin Herbert. I think moving forward, that's the type of player that he's going to be. And I think that's exciting as a Chiefs fan, by the way, having somebody like that inside of the division. Well, and this isn't necessarily like a a fair question because I think the Chiefs were obviously a better team when Mahomes inherited them than when Justin Herbert was drafted by the Chargers. But like if Mahomes had a true rookie year – that was similar or less than Justin Herbert's because Justin Herbert broke records. Would you have had the same questions about Mahomes going into year number two? Because I'm sold on Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert is a superstar quarterback. And I think that I think that San Diego missed their window with that defense a little bit. Derwin James, if he's healthy, is a superstar player. Obviously, Melvin Ingram not there anymore. I think Joey Bosa's kind of on the downward turn to at this point. And so I, I think their defense is going to have to go through a little bit of a rebuild. But Justin Herbert's a really, really good player. Would you have that question about Patrick Mahomes if it was in the same circumstance? No, yeah, Justin is a good player. And, and I would say I don't think that question would be there because I don't buy – listen, I'm, I'm sorry. Some people may disagree. I'm not going to say there was no help from it. I don't buy into the hype as much of the year that he set and what Alex Smith did for him. I think when Patrick Mahomes, whenever he started playing, we were going to see this dude. Like, I mean, when he came in in the pre, – I remember the preseason game against the Titans where they let him go. 
The Falcons, cleared. remember that one? Yeah, to, yes, uh, that. But the one, the one, his rookie, his rookie year, he he got most of the time against the the Titans. Like, and, and I remember he'd made a throw at Marcus Peters on the sideline. Like, what the hell? And they went off because I remember coming to the air, uh, to the place for you know I got fired. I remember coming to the air and saying, "Hey, this dude is better than Alex Smith. Like this, this." This this dude is like this dude can do things Alex clearly can't do. And then his first start against Denver, once again, this dude is cl- like right off the bat. So I don't think it's fair without with with Pat because I think Pat was going to show us this dude anyway. Like I don't, I, I think we were going to see that Justin Herbert. He just doesn't have the the, the skill set. The complete skill set that Pat does, because who does? So I, yeah, he's I, I not think, transcendent. Like Justin no. Herbert's just a really good quarterback, and I, I think that's the difference. I hear what you're saying. Like I, I think I'm Aaron Rodgers comparison to Pat. Like yeah, I think that's totally fair. I, I think Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, like they are transcendent talents. Justin Herbert is a great quarterback, kind of. And I felt that way whenever I first started watching uh, Andrew Luck. I didn't when you watched him on the field. You didn't have the same transcendent feel that you had with Aaron Rodgers or with Patrick Mahomes. He was great, don't get me wrong, and he's huge, and he had a cannon of an arm and all of those different things. That's Justin Herbert. Uh, when you watch him, it just it, it looks really nice, but it doesn't look unlike anything you've ever seen before the way that it does with Mahomes and with um, with Aaron Rodgers. So I, when, when I saw him the first time against the Chiefs, when he had that first start where the Chargers training staff Pokes their starting quarterback in the chest and, you know, crushed him. Um, that That's when I felt this way for the first time. I was like, oh, this guy's legit. When he took them down on that first drive and they scored, that's when I had a feeling, oh, this is going to be a little different. Yeah, he's a he's a good quarterback, and I, I just want to see the year. I, I just don't get the feel like, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what defenses do. When, when Mahomes, after one year, it didn't matter what defenses did. They're going to have some adjustments. They might try to take away deep stuff, but he's a guy that's going to make it, going to going to make it happen. We'll we'll see with her. So you two are both just. There's no real concern with you about year two and how he re, how he reacts to the NFL and defense is having real tape on what they can do. No no thought to that at all. I think if they build the right way, the Chargers have the best chance of any AFC team. Now that Deshaun Watson is going through all this stuff and self-inflicted but now that he's kind of off to the side for a moment I think they have the best chance to be that team that goes head-to-head against the Chiefs consistently in Mahomes career yeah I I don't think that Justin Herbert has the off-script ability like otherworldly playmaking ability that we've seen from Patrick Mahomes because I think Aaron Rodgers is the only other guy that's comparable to that but he's really really good I, I think that the Chargers are set up to be successful in a way that they weren't really ever successful with Philip Rivers. Like I, I think he's better than Philip Rivers right now. I would take I would take Justin Herbert over Philip Rivers' entire NFL career because I think he's better for that franchise than Philip Rivers ever was. I just taken out Philip Rivers right there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the head coach in Alabama high school somewhere just taking his ass right out, and that's what Steve Serta does on the way out. Make sure you're uh, you're checking out all kinds of Arrowhead Pride content. Pete's doing that stuff every morning, putting it out um, at, at 5:30. I don't know exactly what he's doing, 
but I know he's putting out stuff early as hell. He's got the interview series as well, which has been awesome so far. So make sure you're checking that out as well. It has today. been. It really has been. He had uh, he had a guy that covers the Raiders. They broke down kind of what goes differently. Bill Williams goes up against the Chiefs. Um, be sure to check that one out. He's got really good stuff going out there on a weekly basis there as well. All right, BK Serta, everybody listening, go get nasty this weekend. Don't be afraid. Just just let that nasty come out of you this weekend. I know BK will. I don't know about Serta. If there if there was a badass black chick, I think Pat. The one who is mixed would be last in who that black chick <laughs> would come after. I think she's going Justin. Between Justin, first. Travis, and Pat. I think Justin <laughs> takes the gold, Travis <laughs> it takes the silver, and then, like, like if Megan the Stallion. And then was, the cattle, or, and then the caddy. The caddy's then, third, and then yeah, yeah, Patrick and is fourth. If Megan the Stallion was looking at those three, she's <laughs> definitely going Travis one because she got to have somebody that could handle her, and then Justin, and then a distant third is Pat. I'm telling you, she's looking into the crowd. She's like, oh, really? <laughs> All right, I guess. Like, I just, I mean, partly is those two guys are much more attractive than he is, but then a part of it is just. Man, you just ain't got that swagger than two dudes. Like, <laughs> He's just I mean, a goofball, man. I just like he looked like he like like you look at those two like I know those I knew I know two of those can dance and it is not the one that has <laughs> black in him. That other one I'm not so sure about. <laughs>